actually, I don't want to send that to Clay. <laughs> He'll be judging. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't even know what it is. Uh, it's just a milkshake. Don't, don't even say it. All right. Okay, you, you guys want another one? Yeah, let's do another measure? one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because okay. that's not going to be on there. <laughs> Three, two, one. Welcome. 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 Welcome to Cybercast. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of Cybercast. We're uh, on number 070. Uh, unfortunate news, um, our spiritual father, Supreme Leader, uh, Clay, is uh, sadly missing in action, but we have the rest of the cast here. I'm Tosh. I'm Ty. And I'm Dick. And uh, let's set it off. We don't have any re- relevant issues to talk about in the tech realm or anything else, so... We decided to take the opportunity for you to get us to know us a little better. So um, I guess the general question or topic that we're talking about today is uh, what were we like as kids? <laughs> you know, being the youngest of the bunch, uh, I have a few memories of uh, what these other three um, or the other two on the call, uh, what they were like. But, uh, you know, they're not as vivid as they could be. So um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to... Uh, to talk a little bit about uh, what we were like. So, Dick, why, do, why don't you start us off? What was uh, Lil Dick or Lil Richard like? <laughs> what, it's actually, uh, I just thought about it. What age are we talking about? Because I went through different phases. So, like, what, what age were you thinking? Well, we're not going over the whole history of our childhood, right? Well, I don't know if time will allow it, but <laughs> let's say uh, on the playground, kindergarten, what mm-hmm. uh, where were you? Because I'm now now I'm just speculating uh, based on the type of person that you are today. But were you were you sort of an alpha on the playground or? No, what um, what I found a lot of times when I was in that level at that age, I was always trying to play with the girls. Um, and the thing was, you know, I was, like a lot of boys my age who were like teasing the girls. I was saving the girls. I was always like stepping up for the girls <clears throat> eventually i got clowned for that so i changed uh the way i behaved but i used to be very uh just always trying to play with the girls <laughs> what, what what was the intention then was it i just... don't know i think I, I think i was always interested in uh in girls from a young age hmm. so that hasn't changed in, in, inappropriately <laughs> but usually I, I i i did like and clay clay will tell you i used to like older older women like teenagers you know in their late teens or 20s when i was a kid and i still do huh? <laughs> it's like that uh yeah it's like a thing that never has to change because it's a legal age see the thing is a lot of kids they start liking kids and then they have to move on and like something older and like older and, it's, and they, they go to different levels of attraction i've always been attracted to 20 year olds and i'm gonna always be attracted to 20 year olds <laughs> but that, that, that'll be a challenge at some point won't it you think so like when i'm 60 yeah maybe even earlier Oh God, I can see myself hanging in at fifty with a twenty-five-year-old. Really? Yeah. I think you, if you like, you, you know what they say, right? Black don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> really? We're taking it there, okay? <laughs> no, but like, uh, you seem pretty young. You know, like you don't. When 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 people look at you, you don't seem like very old, right? And I think you're gonna retain your youth for a very long while. So, but when they, I think it's gonna hit me out of nowhere one day. Uh, look, look at Grandpa. 
he he was still looking young and fresh, man, at his mm-hmm. age. Oh yes. So, yeah. So, uh, Taken from his genes, we are gonna fare. Yeah, I think I'm gonna nothing. age well. I think so. But I think I think in general the dailies, um, they have a bit of a baby face. All of you. Yeah, cause we're chubby, chubby in the <laughs> face, right? That makes you look younger. Oh really? We got cheeks, uh, I think. Uh, that's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> So, but that was me on the playground. Yeah, so, but let's take it back a little bit because how I remember you, you, you always used to be a bit of a jack, right? You know, with basketball, with uh, football. Yeah, I used to like sports. I was but never was it, was it always good, the case? <laughs> I don't know, but I liked the competition. Me, me and Clay, um, I always wanted to compete with him. Tanil, my sister recently told me that she always thought that I was stronger than him, right? And I'm like, no, that wasn't. I was like, Clay used to maybe let me win because I'm his little brother. But I know that if I ever cross the line, <laughs> he could uh, he could check me. So, but she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, you just you just seemed like you you always tried harder. So I think I was just competitive. I like being competitive. I always wanted to do something that was com- there has to be a winner or a loser. And but do you think that that has a direct connection to the the fact that you're the younger brother? Hmm, maybe <laughs> I, I didn't know I was being uh, psychoanalyzed <laughs> today. <laughs> 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 no, actually maybe that's maybe that's the case yeah we'll make for an interesting episode i'm, I'm yeah actually we're gonna have I to add, let clay start off next episode with his childhood uh, yeah yeah yes in, in case you're listening clay uh, you're up next <laughs> all right so you have time to prepare yeah we're trump you can be hillary oh wow <laughs> uh you took it there yeah no we're in america i'm yeah. in america i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Please, please, Dick, for the sake of the world, please go and vote. Yeah, yeah, I will, man. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Because y'all will see a lot more immigrants if Trump wins. I'm moving to Holland. <laughs> oh, and that, in that case, don't vote. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just kidding. <laughs> it's that important, right? Uh, hey, man, because I'd like to see you, but no, we can't have Trump as president. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah. Am I am I still going or uh, we're gonna, yeah we're yeah you didn't really, you didn't really ask the question I mean uh, you you being competitive you being into sports uh-huh. you always trying your hardest do you think you were um, in some way sort of trying to beat out uh, Clay or, yeah it might be it might be because he was because he, he, he was always, always he was doing the same things right uh, also basketball did he play football yeah ever? but he ended up getting better than me in basketball I, I I used to be better than him in basketball and then he got better than me but he he had more ta- he had more athletic talent he was fast and he could jump high <laughs> he was fast and i was not i hated that that's why i resorted to like physical things i preferred football you don't have to be fast in football you can still be effective if you can hurt people <laughs> Makes what, sense. what position did you play in football i played defense uh, def- defensive line, line. yeah i played line i was small for the line though <laughs> they were big guys i remember in high school i wasn't that big yeah okay yeah all right and uh um i think beside from being competitive uh being into sports you all also had a creative edge right yeah i was definitely uh an artistic uh mm-hmm. artistic i used soul. to draw i used to draw a lot i used to draw a lot and then <laughs> some some stuff was inappropriate i didn't i didn't know that my mom knew of everything i i drew and and thought i hid away she knew about it all <laughs> I remember, was, I remember, I remember one drawing of yours, uh, which was Santa Claus. Oh my God! I didn't. I was gonna say that one, but <laughs> <laughs> that's random. You said that one. I think that's Santa the only Claus drawing with, I ever saw of you with the gun. Yeah, with the gun. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, my aunt saw that, and she was she was disturbed. She's like, "Really? 
<laughs> I don't know where yeah, it came was, from. That was over here. Yeah. Well, how did you see? It? Where did you see it? I don't remember. That's strange, man. That's I funny. do vaguely remember it, but like I cannot place it at all. But the thing is, I don't get I, I don't get where that came from because I mean, for those listening, it's Santa, and it's gonna sound very corny. But I, I was a little kid when I drew it. You know, Santa Claus with his bag and he's got a gun pointing at the fourth wall at you and he says uh ho ho fucking ho or something you know leave that out clay i'm pretty sure that's what he says <sighs> oh we should we should put a a photo of it in the in the show notes. i gotta, do you I still gotta have? Go find it i i bet you i do <laughs> i want to see that yeah oh man i'll check it i'll see if i do man okay this is going to sound even more psychoanalytical but um what what what, what did you get out of the drawing was it sort of um, a release or uh well, I don't know. I think everybody's from when I, when I was a young age, they said I was good at it. And I, I don't know why I enjoy doing it so much, but um, I think it was the feedback, maybe. Same thing happened with writing in school. My teachers always gave me good feedback, so it made me write more. I don't know if it's a trick they use, you know, like, oh, he needs to do something. So let's tell him he's good at this. So he'll keep doing it. <laughs> but well, I maybe, maybe, mom, it became, maybe it became a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Maybe that was... Uh the 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 thought behind it in the first uh in the first instance but then you actually became good mm -hmm. could be it and clay drew too he drew but we had two different styles of drawing i think we were uh two very different styles i used to always draw like muscle men when i was a little kid <laughs> <laughs> what kind of men like muscular <laughs> like mm. everybody had it. weight like you know how arms have a bicep everybody would have like three biceps <laughs> like i didn't know anatomy at all it's like the more biceps the, the bigger the better and then I look at those those pictures. I'm like, oh my god, that was so ridiculous. But then yeah, I used to draw. I, I used to do that a little bit as well. Uh, yeah. I used to be way into into Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> and, and I used to try to draw those those characters. Like no, those. Did you try to draw the action? You know how they have like, just in an image can show like a lot of action <laughs> and movement. Did you did you do all that? Um, I probably tried to, but failed horribly. <laughs> I never had much talent. No. I could I could copy uh drawings pretty well like just look at a drawing and sort of copy it you know note for yeah. note mm -hmm. but uh you know coming up with something from scratch that was a different story i did a lot of oh. copying but I, I never did it exactly i was going to use as like because you don't you know as a kid you don't have models like models you can say hey pose like this so i can see what it looks like so you kind of take a drawing how somebody's posing the way you might want to pose and you can draw your own thing in that pose i've done that well, compared to y'all, I do not have any creative sense in terms of drawing. Like, I just draw sticks with circles, right? <laughs> <laughs> At this age, still? Uh, it's a little bit more refined, but yeah, <laughs> still. Okay. Yeah, a little, little bit better proportioned, but uh, still sticks. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I so do not have any talent for drawing. No. I, I always want to get back into it. Yeah. I just don't have, I'm actually creatively drained. <laughs> Nothing comes out. Well, I don't think that's necessarily true. It's um, probably once you sit at an empty piece of paper, something will come out. Yeah. I've attempted to do that a couple of times and it's like, I'm, I'm actually uh, like I'm putting pressure on it, you know, instead of it just, <laughs> instead of something just coming out, <clears throat> if it comes out and it's not that good, I'll just get rid of it. Right. Right. Instead of just letting it happen. Yeah, I think it's a matter of letting it flow because if if you're going to censor yourself, then uh, yeah, you're not going to start. I did uh, like when I came to Amsterdam in '09, I brought my sketchbook. Actually, no, I bought one there. 
You did? Yeah, no, I think I was given it. Uh, I think HN gave it to me because he wanted to get a picture of himself doing break dancing, and he bought me art supplies. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, did, and was, did you make one? I did make one for him. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how, how well it turned out, but uh, yeah, I, th- I, I think I made it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Ask him if I if he has it. Sure. Actually, I'll, I'll ask him. Right? I'll ask him. For the for the record, Ochen, if you're listening, what's up, man? Uh, Ochen is uh, is a cousin of ours as well. He's yeah. never been on the show. Maybe he will someday. But uh, you know, he's a, he's a little shy. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite the opposite, actually. Uh, so Ty, let's uh, yeah. let's talk, man. Uh, artistically, or at least in terms of drawing, you you don't deem yourself much of a talent but any other endeavors as a young kid as a young kid um what's uh what's floated your boat (laughs) well the main stuff that floated my boat were music a little bit you know because in in school we um we had to we had music class in uh how do you say the english block flight the recorder yeah oh really I, i was pretty good at it I don't know why, but I was pretty good at it. And but mainly for me, what really floated my boat is like really doing stuff with my hands. So uh, building stuff, breaking stuff, you know, like uh, having a amplifier, just open it up, see how it works, you know. You know, I did that too a lot. I actually forgot all about that. I used to tinker with stuff a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I love those like. Uh, small building kits, right? Which uh, where you can build like maybe like a train sets? or a plane. I don't know what they call them there. Uh, erector sets. What's that? Like building a house. That was house a brand like over that? here where you can mm. you can make moving things sometimes. Like you could okay. build a car or you can make a, a plane or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like stuff like that. That was really like something for me. Like that was really my thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sadly I haven't been doing it as much. Since I got an older, so I like should, uh, should be an engineer. Hmm? You want to be an engineer? Uh, when I was younger, being an engineer, I actually didn't know what I wanted to be when I was younger. Mm. Kind of gradually floated into where I am now. But I, I believe when I was younger, I wanted something like a fireman or something. <laughs> Pretty generic, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Every society needs a fireman. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We can't can't live without firemen. (laughs) And I think it still is a noble profession. Oh, definitely. And also, like, a lot of people give flack to uh, people who clean up garbage. Hey, if they all quit today... Yeah, we would be in a lot of trouble. So. Could be. And man, you know, you notice the, the chaos that breaks out whenever, uh, you know, cleaning crews, they go on strike. Yeah. There was a very, very big strike here. Um, uh, the cleaning crews that, that would clean up the, the, the stations. They just, oh, yeah, they I just, remember that one. Yeah, they went on strike for a couple of weeks. With, I never yeah, seen, that's terrible. I never Weeks. seen that much crap in one place. Yeah, that was mayhem. And they actually flew in people to, like, kind of clean it up but they couldn't keep up with it yeah i think volunteers that uh <laughs> they mm. were able to scramble together but no so yeah th- those are the things you really take for granted and uh it's sad a lot of those um those professions are really underpaid uh i heard in new york there's this area that's so bad that the, the guys that pick up the trash they get six figures 
a hundred thousand more than a hundred thousand dollars a year. Oh really? Wow. But that's because it's like one of the toughest routes. Like it is mm. and it's pretty dangerous, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of trash. A lot of trash. Wow. Yeah, and it actually does pay well. People most people don't think it kinda pays well, but it kinda does. Yeah, it's not it's not bad when you look at the requirements. You don't need to go to school to do that. So yeah, for somebody that yeah. didn't have to go you don't think you have to finish high school. If you want to become that, you can earn a decent income. Yeah, definitely. But like, what, what, what was it that you guys wanted to be when you were like younger? Hmm. Um, I always thought I was gonna go into business of some sort, and it was a very vague idea. So, <laughs> wait, at that younger age, you already wanted to go into business? Yeah, I, I never really had one of those. Like, I want to be a a doctor or something like that. I never mm. went to that. Um, you, you always wanted to go where the money was at. Yeah, it seemed cool. <laughs> you know, they did what say when I was young, though, they, they said I used to behave like an adult. That's what uh, Opa used to, uh, Grandpa used to say, and my mom, too, sometimes. Yeah, grab, grandpa must have liked that. <clears throat> uh, Yeah, yeah. I think he did. We, we got along great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, had a, I had a weird one when, uh, when I was, I think about five or six mm-hmm. i want to be a philosopher really what yeah thinking back mm. it was really really strange but uh, you know when um uh, when i was in you know the first couple of years in school we had this computer uh in the classroom that we could use uh during uh uh during break so some of the some of the kids or most of the kids they would just go out and play and some they would stay in and, and sit behind the computer i was one of them and i would ch- spend my time behind the computer writing up short essays you know i, 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 I uh, very vividly re, uh, remember writing what age are we talking again six seven eight i don't know <laughs> what? I, re, I very vividly remember writing an essay about leadership really? actually you were you were a little you were a little strange yeah <laughs> uh yeah yeah I'm, I'm not uh too embarrassed to say i was a bit strange <laughs> i'm a bit strange now <laughs> but uh, you know i i, I was never you know, in 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 high school and before that, I was never a kid that you could easily place into a category. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't yeah. one of the jocks. I wasn't one of the uh, theater po- people. Uh, I wasn't one of the. You know, I I, I sort of slid through the cracks wherever I was. Yeah, I I kind of get that. For Did me, you? I have the same feeling. And like, to, for me, I would kind of describe it like being the wallflower of the class a little bit you know but not always but sometimes yeah yeah for, for me that uh, that definitely uh definitely goes like I, I think i went most of my my school career I, I went completely unnoticed to most people really yeah i i, I hung with a, with a small circle of friends uh mm. you know i had a group of friends that i'm still friends with now uh you know from uh from prime from primary school onward and we were all all sort of the odd kids out i kind of regret that not being able to rem- to ever probably reconnect with the people I went to school with and serve them, like the chances of us finding each other. I don't, you, I don't remember their names really, so it'd be tough to find them on Facebook. It's the only place I could look. But yeah, yeah. And as you as you haven't really kept in touch, you've probably grown apart. You know, in terms Definitely. of where you went in life, that probably yeah. you know. Yeah, you have you have some people that you meet uh, uh, during life where where you think. Yeah, we're we're going to be friends forever. And then you know you you, you finish school, and then uh, some years later you 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 bump into each other again, and you just notice, yeah, uh, we're different people now. 
I feel like my college friends, though, even though we don't talk all the time, we're more likely to be like friends for long, long periods of time, like years. Because I'm thinking about how long I've been out of school already, and I'm still f- friends with some of my college friends. Mm-hmm. But like for you, it doesn't have anything to do with like the Greek system, or is it just? Actually, yeah, but I mean, uh, we just happen to also be in that same organization. But the, the, the mm-hmm. fraternity, you mean? Yeah. Uh. So. I don't think that's the reason, but actually, that's a good point though, because it, it kind of makes you uh, a little more obligated to make it to certain events. So somebody I went to college with, who's getting married, I might not go to their wedding, but a frat brother of mine that's getting married, I would I would make more of an effort to go. So yeah, mm. that might help it along. I'm very curious about that experience because I've never had anything like that here. Not, not you know, that's. I studied in, in, in the place where I grew up. So for me, there was really a need for any sort of, to be part of any sort of society that was exclusive to, uh, you know, university life or uh, or college life. Yeah. Mm. And it, it kind of feels oh, very different, like the stuff that I see over here and the way the Greek system is in America. Right? It kind of feels like, sure, they both like to party, but... It feels totally different to me, that is. I don't know if you feel the same way, Taj, but... <clears throat> well, it's much more elitist here. The mm-hmm. What what the equivalent to fraternities there, here, you know, it's... Here we have the student core, and that's uh, um, it's kind of a broken system, if you ask me. What's the, what's the purpose of it? It's more or less a, a network oh, okay. for people to rely upon, but, uh, you know, uh, there, there are a lot of uh, rituals that are similar to fraternities over there, you know, like the initiations. Uh, okay, that's interesting. But uh, I think for... F- the, the, the most that people get out of it is, uh, you know, connections that they can use later. You know, when they graduate and uh, looking yeah. for a job, you know, uh, but that, really that, I think so, because, uh, you know, a lot of those uh, those societies that have been around for ages and they are mostly, you know, populated by kids of doctors, lawyers, uh, you know, just the, the really the upper class. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. they sort of keep that intact. There's some like that here, especially in like, I think the Ivy League schools fraternities there are probably uh, pre- pretty prestigious and can make some very good networks i would imagine mm-hmm. yeah i think i think that's uh what it's most similar to those kinds of kinds of uh fraternities uh, but here here it seems to be um completely void of content at least that's what that's what it seems like if you talk to the people who are in those uh in those societies uh it's mostly about you know drinking about <laughs> yeah partying uh yeah debauchery yeah Definitely, and you know, uh, hearing your stories, uh, that, that's not too, too too different from what you might have experienced. But there's also like a genuine, um, you know, brotherhood that you that you go into when you when you join one of those fraternities, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is what you make. You kind of have to get, kind of have to let you allow yourself to get emerged in this experience to trying to have you experience. <laughs> like for me, I always felt like I was still very aware of everything I was doing. When the point is really you to kind of get brainwashed and uh, traumatized. Let me not say too much, but <laughs> uh, I think there's a definite process that's supposed to like break you down mentally. And me, I could see the whole thing happening. I could, I could see them. I could say, okay, you, that's what, this is what you're trying to do. I know how to pl- play along and pretend like that's what's happening. Just move on. <laughs> so you, you were able to look at it from a sort of meta standpoint. It, it, I feel like I did. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, yeah. And that's why I was, I did it 
you know, I, I brought in another group of guys after that because I was like, um, I could see that the people are they're, they're just doing their job. They're just doing what they're supposed to be doing to get make to bring you through an experience. That's all it is. Right. Do you do you want to talk about your scars? Oh, uh, the brand? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can talk about it. You got questions? Well, more how and and why and how mm. does it happen? That that's mostly my question, I guess. Oh, um, well, see, they don't want us to talk about it too much, but you like it's it's a it's an actual brand. It's an I guess iron an iron brand, and uh, you heat it up and then you apply it. Like it turns it turns bright red and. Is is, is it just, a requirement? No, is no, it's not a requirement. So, and that's a that's a good point because. It's actually something you have to you have to earn, so it's it's crazy that uh, yeah, some people think, oh man, that's messed up. They made you do that, but nope. Actually, I, I could have not got it, and um, I could have maybe not given the opportunity to get one. So it's you got to kind of earn it, and then uh, it's your choice if you want to go through it or not. I almost didn't go through with it. But I, like, say say you earn it, right? To get a brand, would you be able to like? Uh, receive like uh sort of the gratitude for the work you did but decline on actually having the brand yeah like i said you, you, so as, as a group you earn it um mm -hmm. and then there's some people that i know that haven't gotten any yeah they just didn't want it so yeah it's it's not forced but uh i i actually ended up doing it because i wanted to feel it <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted the experience yeah, boy, because you're seeing these other people doing it, and then like you're like either you can go through life and say I had a chance to get that, or like nope, I blew it, I didn't get it. And well, um, compared to what you were expecting, what was it like? Um, I thought I was not gonna be able to, to stand still. I was scared I was gonna move, but uh, I I just stared at the whole thing. I think it's better if you look at it when it's happening. Yeah, so you yeah. don't jump. You know, you know when it's going to hit. Mm -hmm. uh huh. And it's it's really like a moment of mental toughness to just see that and to just uh, not react. Like the pain is the pain is. I mean, you've, I don't know if you've ever been burned slightly before by anything. <laughs> it's worse than that because it just you just have, it just it gets deeper because they press it in. You know. Yeah, yeah, it uh, really has to be scorched. Yep, and it stinks. Oof. So it doesn't it doesn't smell like steak or anything. It smells <laughs> like burnt pork. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Anyway, like Tosh, how were you like as a kid? He's a philosopher. No, but like, how was he like? Uh, Can I give my yeah. my little opinion real quick? Yeah, of course, sure. of course. I, I I think you were like a a real nice, like a real sweet person, and I didn't really like that because I didn't get to be able to pick on you because it, it <laughs> you didn't. feel guilty about it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just didn't. Uh, it didn't work, but. Cause I and I, I didn't really like that. I was like, man, I can't really pick on this guy because, first of all, you're too nice. And then I think you were. I don't know. I don't know if you were sensitive too, but it just, it just didn't seem like a good idea to like to pick at you. So uh, yeah, I didn't like that. But I, I guess that made you, at an early <laughs> stage, like tell people, hey, man, I'm not one to be bullied, so don't bully me. I think that. <laughs> I don't know if that's a, a stretch. But maybe that's what you were doing. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> no. But, it, it's, uh, it could be in your own in in your own way. You know, like like I'm. I don't. I don't enjoy being bullied, so just don't do it. Because <laughs> I used to be a bully. Uh uh. I used to be pretty yeah. bad. Well, you know what? I, I didn't experience a lot of bullying. Uh, well, not any direct bullying as uh, as a kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, kid, kids they can be pretty ruthless. So uh, you know, there would be remarks sometimes. 
but no, nothing too bad nothing too yeah. systematic if if yeah if i remember it right i mean could be something that i repressed but uh you know in terms of bullying i was i was okay but i was a bit of a bit of a loner i guess because you know i'm I'm your i'm your typical only child mm. like I, I used to be able to entertain myself so it wasn't really uh out of loneliness that i that i was a loner but i was just able to to get by without too much social interaction right right and i guess yeah. uh the people that i gravitated towards they were more or less the same the same way like some of my best friends they are also uh an only child also into particular things <laughs> like you know i got into magic as a kid like together with a friend of mine and i got really deep into it uh, <laughs> would spend hours upon hours you know practicing the same with with creating short films like uh, i started doing that with a friend of mine and we just would obsess over it spend hours upon hours doing it um mm. you know teach ourselves how to edit teach ourselves how to shoot um uh, you know just not your typical hobbies you know like uh right. I wasn't on the soccer field or, uh, you know, I, I used to play Magic the Gathering all the time. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like I would spend my afternoons after school playing Magic the Gathering. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, what, I went I went through phases like that, you know. Uh, but what uh, age is Magic for? Because I never knew that. Um, what, what age were you? Uh, Probably around 14. Because adults 14 play that too, right? Oh yes, yeah. definitely. You have tournaments. Uh, you yeah. Have pro, you have pro tournaments in that. With uh, you know, it, it's sort of it's almost matching uh, the sort of purses that you get in poker tournaments. Oh, really? Yeah. That's it's pretty a team serious. game, though, right? No, no. Oh. It can be played uh, in teams, but it's not as common. Uh, okay. Is it like chess at all? I mean, what? Is it like mm. chess? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, you take turns, uh, and there, there is uh, a, a sort of objective to each game, uh, but that's the only similarity I can see. Did you, uh, you, you play chess? I do, yeah. Well, I, I, that's another thing. I, I used to be in chess club uh, in school uh, as well. Um, I was, I, I, I was, I was really, I wasn't really very good at it, to be honest. Oh, I was going to challenge you, chess with friends, man. <laughs> Well, I mean, you still can. I mean, I haven't played in a while, so you'll probably just uh, whoop my ass completely. <laughs> yeah, but after like four, four beat, four whoopings, you can you can hang maybe. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? Okay. Maybe with with each whooping, I'll, I'll get a little stronger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, um, I guess in general, um, um, I guess a lot of my personality was formed with those sorts of activities. You know, I, I like to solve problems, and that's pretty much what what a lot of my my the things that I would gravitate towards as a kid that uh, those would uh, connect to, mm -hmm. like let or you know I I used to uh, as when I was uh, a little younger, I would spend a lot of time with Legos. You know, I'm very mm -hmm. meticulously, and I, I wasn't a free flower, <laughs> so to say. You know, I I would really just follow the instructions and yeah. try to get more and more advanced. You know, uh, I was the same way with Legos. Like at least the first time, I gotta make the thing like it is, yeah. and then I can go ahead and get creative. Yeah, you have a lot of mm -hmm. kids who just who are—it's complete anarchy. You know that they, they just <laughs> put all of the bricks in one in one box and just throw it on the floor, just go to town with it. I wasn't like yeah. that. <laughs> I was kind of like the reverse of it. Like um, I would like try to like uh, when you try to build Lego. You always have the picture, right? Yeah. Like the end result. I always try to like try to build it 
just from the picture yeah. not with the booklet you know but that didn't always work so did I have to gravitate to the booklet you know and I also used to like free form you know because I didn't get a lot of Lego so well if you play with Lego building one thing one time is fun but building it a second time yeah boring so you kind of have to have to figure out something else to do with it right yeah so then and then it's like really put your creativity in it and just build your own world you know basically and you would i sort of right? I, I sort of i sort of envy that really uh yeah. you know kids with a really vivid imagination um i don't see myself as being like that why yeah. not i was definitely why not um mm-hmm. I, don't, i don't know i don't know maybe uh a lack of stimulus or something i don't know <laughs> and now look at you You're you're a creative adult. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess I guess it came from hanging with the right people. Mm-hmm. No, sure. but the thing is, you know, knowing you, I could kind of already see it like when you were younger, and I used to like really admire like, I don't know what it was about you, but like, there was this certain type of focus in you, like you got music, you just got it, you know, and. I, I, if I'm correct, you used to do a little bit uh, with. Uh, did you do something with like LPs and scratching or not? Oh no, not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, I might have tried it. I might have tried it once, but that, I don't. I, I think he tried something. I, I I don't remember what it was, but you know, I, I could see even when you were like only doing keyboard. You know, I could see like this guy. He gets music. He doesn't just play music. He gets music, and like. I can see like he's gonna go far and like look at you now like you already have your own LP out right you <laughs> taught yourself how to play freaking guitar uh-huh. right I try to do it but like yeah, I get stuck by lesson one and like after that I'm like uh, yeah whatever <clears throat> right but you get music and I always like really admired that about you no. alright I'm blushing right now <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> Uh, well, I really, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's something that I that I still try to analyze to this day how that how that works. Um, something that I don't fully understand, but uh, you know, it, it it is something that keeps me motivated. You know, that that that's been the most stable factor in my life. Uh, you know, since I really started doing it. Uh, probably around the age of 10, uh, music has been a constant factor. You know, I didn't like it much at first. <laughs> I really mm. sort of forced to. Uh, to get piano lessons and stuff but uh you know grew to to put a lot of my own creativity in it uh, as as I went along yeah you know i kind of regret that my mom didn't push me a little bit further to do music i, I was going <laughs> to say the same thing it is a, i think it is a parent's responsibility to just kind of make your kids learn an instrument whether they like it or not it's kind of like learning how to do something you might mm-hmm. not like to do but just seeing it through. Yeah, yeah but well, like, I, I think... And, and there needs to be a balance. You don't, don't need to force a kid, like, to do it for 10 years or something like that, but, like... To learn Don't it. quit... At, yeah, to learn, definitely. But, like, don't quit after, like, 10 lessons and be like, yeah, I don't really like playing music and stuff like that. No. You, you, you want right. to try I mean. music? Okay, you're going to try one lesson. You like it? Okay. You're going to do it for a year. Yeah, yeah, you don't want it to be sort of a a passing thing. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I I agree with that. I don't don't necessarily think that every kid has to learn to play an instrument. I mean, just some, they either don't have the genuine interest for it or the aptitude for it. And then I don't think you should force it. Uh, I think you should just be, 
you, as a parent, you should just nurture either nurture talent or nurture uh, your kids' interests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right. So any more any more childhood traits? This actually could be a very long conversation. This, it, we should we should have broken down in stages actually, because if you think about it, how you know you were a certain way from like five to ten, and then a certain way from mm. ten to fifteen. 15 to 20 like it's a lot of different phases that go on there yeah definitely like like uh, when you were talking about your story right like you would hang with girls and stuff like that like a vivid memory came up in my head like oh that that would be some something awesome to share but like you had a memory that came in your head yeah yeah kind of like uh s- s- something that always used to happen when i was around that same age you know like you like the stuff is like you would like play with girls a lot right you said mm-hmm. and i would kind of like play with everybody but i always like the the like the teenage kids like the ones in the higher classes right they always used to gravitate towards me i don't know why really? well i think i think but, i think you you have an old soul as well uh you think i think so yeah uh-huh. yeah i could see that would you would you agree dick yeah I think that's why. I mean, that's probably something that I'm that I mo- notice most about you. Um, mm-hmm. we, we were Dick and I were talking about a little earlier that well, I was always the youngest of the bunch, so Clay always seemed ancient to me. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, I mean, we're we're not that far apart, but uh, you definitely seem much more mature than me. Much mm-hmm. more, well, m- much more mature than most of us. You ask me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I've never analyzed it in no. that way. Like, no, I never self-analyzed it in that way. Like, you know, I yeah, think so. I know where it stems from, but like, no, I don't know. I don't know. You, you have, yeah, you have this calm over you. That stoic. Mm, yeah, I hear that a lot. Like, I have this what what people say. Like, I have this certain calm energy, and people don't know what it is, and like, they kind of tend to like listen to me. Like I don't know what it is. Right? I don't force it on people. I'm just who I am, and I don't know why. So are you like a Buddhist? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I'm not a Buddhist. <laughs> or maybe uh, maybe, you know, maybe you're a Buddha. A Buddha is that it? <laughs> like uh, 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 Buddha uh, in disguise, maybe. But nobody ever told me I was Buddha. They might want to tell me like now, so I can totally focus on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah there might be something in there <laughs> all right so so what you're saying dick is that we should uh we should follow up on this yeah and yeah we probably should yeah let's also let's also have clay share what he was like as a kid well he's very definitely gonna have to at the, at the very start of next episode yeah yeah so uh this is what's up for next episode we're going to talk about clay's childhood every <laughs> every last detail of it Mm-hmm. <laughs> whether he wants to or not going down to the nitty gritty <laughs> all right so, so now we got a music corner yeah let's uh let's uh wrap this up for now and uh jump into a little bit of a music corner um i teased uh last episode i teased that music corner was going to be about soundtracks um that's coming up but not today uh Need a little bit more time to pre- prepare because there's just so much to go into. So today I figured I would just talk about some new music that's uh, that's come out recently. And that's about to come out, actually. Um, 
So we talked about Anderson Pack in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Before he dropped Malibu, um, he was working together with a producer, and a Knowledge, he's called, and together they formed this uh, this formation called No Worries, and they they dropped an EP, which had a which already uh, gave them a little bit of underground cred. Actually, that EP is one of the main reasons that uh, Anderson uh, got signed to Dr. Dre's label because he played him the main track from that EP and uh, Dre was just in love with it. Mm-hmm. And now they release a full album together. There's no worries formation. Uh, and it's called Yes Loud. That's more or less uh, Anderson's catchphrase. Well, the the two singles that were on uh, on that, that EP that they released, uh, they're on this album as well. So as a sample, I'm going to play you, well, probably the track that made... Uh, it's probably the world's first introduction to Anderson Pack and his amazing talent. It's called Suede. Most of y'all can't do it, but all my chicks cook grits. Uh, I roll a spliff at the same damn time. You ain't live long enough. That bitch, this fine. <laughs> now, if you don't mind, if I call you itch. Clay's gonna have a good time censoring this, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, are you familiar with the label Stones Throw? Nope. No. Uh, that's where this record was released. Um, and I think it's really a perfect fit. Uh, Knowledge uh, is, is one of those typical Stones, stones Throw uh, producers uh, with a real jazz edge to uh, to his produ- production. This really wobbly, almost lo-fi uh, beats that he produces. Um, he's, he's dropped. Uh, Knowledge has dropped a few solo records uh, before this one, and. You can tell that he draws a lot of inspiration from, uh, uh, well, one of the most prolific Stone Throw artists. That's Madlib. Madlib, you probably know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, mm, I know a, a lot of Madlib signature you can hear in uh, in Knowledge's beats as well. Uh, also, Knowledge produced one of the tracks on Two Paper Butterfly, uh, Mama, if I'm not mistaken. Um, definitely uh, a, a interesting record. Um, it's not uh, as straightforward as most R&B. Uh, slash hip-hop records are um a lot of the songs are just really snippets of ideas um not really fully formed also very short uh suede is one of the more i guess uh polished and structured tracks on the on the on the lp but uh yeah there's a lot of uh uh, sonic detours here but um if you like anderson pack if you like uh a little bit of uh left field production then uh definitely pick up this album 
the next one, one that I'm going to talk about is uh, very different from this one. Uh, as y'all know, um, one of the groups, or probably the group that I look up to the most when it comes to vocals and uh, acapella singing, it's Pentatonix. Mm-hmm. And, well, it's it's late October, so um, what's on everybody's mind is Christ- it's Christmas, Christmas, of course. Yeah. Yep. So they dropped a new Christmas album. Oh, no, they didn't. Oh, yes, they did. So, <laughs> well, you know, for, for acapella groups, Christmas, that's uh, like their bread and butter. So right. um, it, it's called yeah. A Pentatonix Christmas. Um, if you were familiar with uh, Pentatonix's f- uh, previous Christmas uh, albums, uh, uh, PTXmas, and that's Christmas to me. And this one is not that much different. Um, they uh, pick together uh, just a few Christmas classics. They put in an original and some covers of songs that fit nicely within uh, within the Christmas uh, sort of atmosphere. Um, well, the main single off of this album, they they just released a video for it. It's called. Uh, Hallelujah! It's a uh, a a cover of uh, the famous uh, Leonard Cohen song, and uh, of course, it's a beautiful rendition. So let's take a listen. But you don't really care for music, do you? Well, it goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift, the barefoot king composing, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. song though, is it it is not no but th- that's their their usual mo they always combine your typical christmas music with uh, just some covers of songs that oh, okay. have, a, have a sort of wintry atmosphere to them to them mm-hmm. uh, this one included you know um you know what my stance is on pentatonic so uh i'm not going to uh to talk too much more about this album it's just a great listen uh even for those people who are not generally into christmas music um i for one i'm not uh but uh I can make an exception for an album like this one. Um, also, uh, one surprising cut in, on this album is uh, um, "White Christmas." Um, that's probably one of the the jazziest renditions that I've ever heard them do. It's it's really uh, just purely from a musical standpoint. It's uh, it's 
really high level. So check it out. A Pentatonics Christmas. Uh, next one up is uh, a British artist, uh, Jamie Ladell. I think he's a little bit more popular in Europe than he is in the States, but uh, you guys heard of him, Jamie Ladell? Nope. Uh, Don't think the so. name rings a bell, but I can't quite put put in a face to it. Well, he's originally a, um, a, a electronic music producer, but uh, that that incidentally has an amazing voice. He's uh, you know drawn comparisons to Stevie Wonder and the like, and that's really not an exaggeration. That guy has a lot of soul, and he's he's, he's gone a few different directions in his career. Um, his first uh, big solo outing, Multiply. Um, it was uh, really a sort of mixture of uh, old school Motown sort of stuff with a uh, little edgier production. Then he went I- into a um, well, a much more commercial release, Jim. Uh, uh, also kept that sort of Motown uh, sound in it, but uh, with uh, a lot more catchier tunes. Then he released a Compass that was more experimental, a little bit more psychedelic. Um, Followed that up with uh, a self-titled album that was even more psychedelic, uh, more 80s influenced, uh, did a lot of uh, weird vocal looping and, and vocal effects on it. And now he's really back to basics with uh, this latest album. Um, it's called Building a Beginning. And um, I heard he wrote, co-wrote this album with uh, his wife, Um and as you are, as you listen to it, you can also hear that he's drawn a lot of inspiration from his uh, newborn son, Julian. Um, just a lot of sweet, very old school, very uh, very well performed songs. He uh, he's touring right now, and he has an amazing band behind him. Um, so the the track that I want to play from uh, this new album is called "Walk Right Back." This is uh, sort of old school 
um i guess it's 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 almost like an, an old soul singer from uh from the 50s being channeled through uh a stocky white guy with glasses <laughs> <laughs> you should you should really uh you should really look at him when he's performing live as well as like he's channeling some ghost of of uh of music past really uh, oh, really yeah really great artist so check out his new album um i always want i also want to include a dutch uh a dutch band here um probably ty knows them um they're called direct you know direct direct yep wow they still alive well that's funny that you mentioned it well the direct went to a bit of a metamorphosis um probably when we were growing up they were sort of this uh I guess uh, sort of post-punk band, uh, sort of whiny rock band, kind of like a washed, a, a watered-down version of Green Day. Mm, um, yeah, I really didn't get into them back then. Then their main their their main vocalist decided to leave, pursue a solo projects, and they went looking for a new vocalist. Mm. And what they found was this beast of a singer and. Since then, uh, in my mind, the, the, this this band has sort of um, reinvented itself and sort of realized what it wanted to be in the first place. Um, what they make usually is uh, is uh, stadium rock, uh, sort of uh, a, a reminiscent of Coldplay. But um, for this new EP that they released, the Fired Up EP, they went a, a little bit of a different direction and when, when i play this uh this uh, lead single off of the cp uh probably you are going to say is this direct what the hell okay <laughs> so this is the lead single to the fired up ep called fired up Quite wow. different, huh? No. <laughs> uh, 
do not recognize this. Mm-mm. This is not direct to me. Like, this is totally different genre. Like, no. Well, there's also a bit of a detour for the current version of direct. I mean, before mm. this, uh, yeah, it was still uh, rock music. Um, just a little bit more melodic with a bit of more of a stadium edge to it. But uh, this is something, uh, yeah, that's completely uh, unexpected. Uh, it's almost like a sort of James Brown interpretation that they're creating here. Um, but they can get away with it, in my opinion. It sounds good. Yeah, it really sounds good indeed. But, like, I would not say this is direct, really. Like, <laughs> the contrast is so high, you know. Maybe uh, even a name change would be fitting for it. But Ah, that's you know. a good point, actually. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, who, who still remembers the old direct, though? <laughs> I bet there will be diehards, but no, not a lot of people will. <laughs> well, those 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 diehards will be really diehards because really in the, in those days they were sort of well, I wouldn't say as bad as Kane. You remember Kane, right? Yeah, yeah. Not as bad as Kane, but they were up there in terms of yeah. white whininess and sort of yeah, definitely. But uh, this this is a welcome uh, welcome change of pace for me. It it almost reminds me of. Um, Maroon 5, when they were still good. <laughs> right in those old days where they had a lot of funk influences and everything was still sort of uh, organic mm-hmm. as opposed to now. But uh, anyway, uh, the, the last um, new record I want to talk about is uh, called Magic Machine from uh, a this progressive rock outfit called An Endless Sporadic. They're, they're really on the fringe, but... Uh, Really interesting if you're into fusion and, 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 and progressive rock. It's really, uh, they really do their name justice. It Their music is really best described as an endless sporadic. It goes from one place to the next without you even noticing it. And just really proficient players and uh, just a really interesting band. Um, if you're going to get into them, you just dive in head first. It's not something that you find on the radio. It's not something that you find on uh, on TV. It's uh, it's really uh, it's not for the faint of heart. So let's uh, listen to an endless sporadic. This is um, actually a reimagining of uh, a very old track of theirs called Impulse. So this is Impulse Two.
So, so in the span of two minutes, we've heard about six or seven different song ideas thrown cobbled mm. together. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, but that's what I love about this band. You just never know what to expect. It keeps you constantly on your toes. Um, so again, it's not. Pr- it's probably not for everyone. But uh, if you like to be challenged by music, then uh, it's definitely a, a cool band to check out. Um, and this this new so this new project is something that I've been anticipating for a while. Because before this, they've only really dropped a few EPs through their own uh, through their own digital distribution. But this is really the full, uh, the first fully produced, full length album that they've made. So uh, a very welcome surprise for me. Um, is this something that you guys could could get into? Uh, I would I would try though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like listening to this, it sounded like yeah, I, I could I could listen to this for a while. Not too long, but for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Well, the same goes for me. I'm a big fan, but I couldn't listen to this for the for the whole day. I would just uh, probably give me a migraine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I talked about uh, Dorje in a, in a different episode. This uh, British uh, progressive band. Uh, they're a little bit more structured version of this. They're they're not as um, sort of uh add as this as this as this band but uh definitely they have the same qu- sort of chops and the same sort of uh um the same sort of uh sound as this band so uh, if you're into that check it out so uh this is my music corner um probably in not too long uh there there'll be two more albums dropping that i definitely want to talk about uh one is uh by, by one of my all-time favorite metal bands which we've dedicated an entire music corner to is metallica they're coming out with hardwired to self-destruct their first uh, full-length lp in uh, well quite a lot of years and well uh, last episode i played a little bit of 24 karat magic by bruno mars well that's related to a full album called 24 karat magic which is also going to drop next month so um stoked to talk about that so i think we're about done right yeah yeah Alrighty. Dick, where shall we find you? Um, man, let's be honest, guys. I'm not on Twitter, <laughs> but Dick underscore daily. And maybe maybe if people will tweet at you, then maybe you we can make, make a your personal challenge there. to them. Tweet yeah. at me, folks. Yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, Twitter makes me nervous. You know, as as vocal as I used to be, um, and I don't want to get sucked into being vocal on a platform that it can live on forever. You can delete it, but somebody can have a screenshot of it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I haven't done it so much. Just let the people know what you think, Dick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Where, where are you at, Ty? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, ty09, and tweet at me as well. I haven't been as active on uh, Twitter as I should be, as I want to be, but you know, tweet me and uh, I will respond. And uh, Tosh, where can they find you, man? Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Tosh Polak. Probably a bit more active than these two, uh, so also definitely tweet at me. Um, also tweet at our spiritual father, who is sadly not here. We miss you, Clay. Uh, you can find him at CW Daily everywhere that matters. You can find Cybercast on www.cybercast.com or at Cybercast. That's C-Y-B-R-C-A-S-T on Twitter. See you guys on the next one. Say bye. Peace. Hello. Later. Return to your regular scheduled programming. And return to your regular. <laughs> return to your regular. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> return to your regularly scheduled program. Yes, that was what I was trying to say. <laughs> How long did that turn out to be? 
Well, um, <laughs> I'm on 82 minutes on my recording, so uh, probably not 45 minutes. No. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, almost double that. So 50? Okay. Okay. So with editing, we should uh, we should land around 30 minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> have fun. Have fun, Clay. Yeah, have fun. <laughs>